Teitelbaum. Filtered Uncensored, and of course we have Freddie Cooper who wrote that little song for us, a Grammy Award winning artist, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Ron, and today we are honored to have Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum as our guest, but before we do that, every show you know I I ask you to have an attitude of gratitude because it, uh, gratitude not only boosts joy and general life satisfaction, it's also the best single predictor of good relationships and benefits both sanity and physical health. And this is going to be important today because gratitude has measurable beneficial effects on mood neurotransmitters, serotonin, norepinephrine, dopamine, inflammatory cytokines, immune function, blood pressure, blood sugar, testosterone, that's a sex hormone, ladies and gentlemen, oxytocin, a social binding hormone, ladies and gentlemen, and cortisol, the stress hormone. An attitude of gratitude, ladies and gentlemen, as we get on to today's program. Uh, This program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. The information is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information heard on this program. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. Now that that's out of the way, let's introduce Dr. Jerry Smith, a co-host here and a seasoned practitioner from Langhorne, Pennsylvania, and now the star of a Netflix documentary. Good, good afternoon, Dr. Jerry. Thank you, uh, Dr. Ron. It's a pleasure to be on, and I'm really excited about this show because I think Dr. Teitelbaum has some really powerful information to share with our audience. I agree, and and let's let's get on with this show, ladies and gentlemen. As, as we said, Dr. Teitelbaum, I, I've known of, of him for many many years, and he probably uh, it remembers when the Townsend newsletter was just an eight and a half by eleven piece of paper. Now it's a full full uh, uh, journal, but he uh, recently <coughs> caught my attention. Uh oh. Okay, I see something dropped out here. When it, when I, I read about it, he has a new book out. Diabetes is optional. Okay. Dr. Teitelbaum is a board-certified internist. He's the author of uh, the popular free iPhone and Android application, Cures A to Z, which has ranked in the top 10 of all health and wellness downloads on iTunes. Dr. T is a board-certified internist, uh, as I said, that has written this uh, just interesting book on diabetes is optional. Uh, 
Okay, I see that Dr. Teitelbaum is back again. So, ladies and gentlemen, I, let's, let's just see if he is here, and then we'll get on with it. Dr. Teitelbaum, is that you, sir? Yes, welcome. Uh, good to be with you, Ron. Uh, great to be on the show. Jerry, I look forward to teaching everybody today that both diabetes and fibromyalgia are optional. And the more I think about it, they are so related uh, with the autoimmunity and uh, the uh, everything else involved, and we'll talk about it. But, uh, Dr. Teitelbaum, uh, if you would, I don't know what website that you'd like to use for, for our audience to, to visit uh, when they want information on your programs. For information on how to get well, uh, the yes. website is vitality101.com. For getting products, it's end, E, and like Nancy, D like David, fatigue.com. Okay, endfatigue.com and Vitality 101, ladies and gentlemen. Well, diabetes, right? It's a, it's a, especially type two. It's a increasingly common problem, as you, as you have well pointed out. Uh, so, got another call. So, so tell us why, why, in your opinion, is it optional, and what can be done about it, and what is the uh, in your opinion, the cause of this type 2, uh, as they call it, diabetes? Well, both of these conditions used to be extraordinarily rare. Most physicians would never see a case of type 2 adult diabetes in their entire career if you go back three, 400 years ago, if you look at the medical anthropologists. Now we're looking at about a third to a half of Americans are predicted that they're going to get diabetes. And there are a number of reasons, and all of these are reversible. Uh, the first one is we get about 140 pounds of sugar per person per year added to our diet and food processing. That's 18% of our calories, another 18% from white flour and loss of fiber. These are two of the critical things that are going on. Uh, weight gain because of this diet. You know, uh, Ask any farmer. You want to fatten up an animal, you carb load them. And we're like a great big flock over here in herd getting uh, fattened up to the gills. <laughs> Um, lack of exercise, low sunshine, uh, testosterone, uh, low testosterone in men, even if the test is normal, or high testosterone in women, will both cause diabetes. Dr. Um, Teitelbaum, can I just stop mm-hmm. you there for one second? Because you mentioned something that I, I know you've written about and we talk about a lot, quote-unquote normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, what is What is normal? Well, it's funny. I'm on with Dr. Oz a fair bit. He's a friend of mine, and he likes an analogy that I like to use to explain what the normal range means. And the thing is, most doctors have no idea where the normal range on a blood test comes from. But all they do is they take 100 people and the 95 in the middle of the normal range, called two standard deviations. So if you're not in the lowest 2.5% of the population or the highest 2.5%, you're normal. So here's an analogy that will make it easier to understand. Say I want to get a normal shoe size. I take 100 people, and the normal shoe size will be 6 to 13. Now, I live in Hawaii, and we leave our shoes at the door so we don't track lava in. Um, And say I get my shoes mixed up with my wife, and suddenly she's wearing my size 12 and I have her size 8. We both go to the shoe doctor. The shoe doctor will say, it's both in the normal range. There's nothing wrong with your shoes. (laughs) I love that analogy. (laughs) That's great. That's great. And, and and do you agree where we had uh, the the, the uh, infamous Dr. William Wong on, and he said, you know, when you're 75 and your doctor says your testosterone is normal for your age, 
he says, you don't want it be, to be normal for your age. You want it to be normal for a 30-, 35-year-old person. Absolutely. And I would just give your doctor a size 6 shoe and say, Doc, this is a normal range. I want <laughs> you to wear these shoes to our next visit, and then let's talk. Okay. Because <laughs> we're going right, to walk a mile in your shoes. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That's, that's great. Okay, so let's go on with the causes of uh, low testosterone. So we're looking at the diet. Uh, we're looking at lack of exercise, vitamin D deficiency, low testosterone. I like to keep the testosterone level in men at about 800. And in women, if it's high, you want to bring it down. Uh, low thyroid and low magnesium. Uh, magnesium deficiency has been shown to be associated. And again, the blood tests are meaningless for this. Uh, most every American in this country is magnesium deficient because we lose half the magnesium in food processing. Uh, and that's been associated with a marked increased risk of metabolic syndrome and diabetes. Okay. And, and we, again, uh, just, just by doing this program, we know that vitamin D is really uh, uh, is, is associated with with magnesium. If you're low in magnesium, you don't process the vitamin D uh, pr- uh, properly. Do you agree with that? All these things play together. Okay, I agree. So we have th- this. We have people getting heavier. As we say, they keep their meat on the seat. They're not exercising. Uh, what, el- what else do they, are they doing to get so uh, heavy and, and get this, this blood sugar up? Well, these are the key things. And uh, in my book, we talk about how to go after each of these, um, you know, getting sunshine, that's easy. You know, the current medical advice uh, to avoid sunshine is insane. The proper advice is avoid sunburn, not sunshine. Go for a walk in the sunshine. Do something fun. You know, uh, find something you enjoy so you stick with it. Uh, the testosterone, you don't want to use shots. Just the bioidentical cream or the pellets uh, work very, very well. Um, for the magnesium and vitamin D, there's a vitamin powder I like to use because it has all 50 of the key nutrients in optimal levels. It's called the Energy Revitalization System Vitamin Powder. This way you don't have to take handfuls of pills all day. You just get the one drink and you're pretty much covered for the micronutrients. So that's a very nice way to simplify all of that. And there's an herbal mix that's really coming to be a superstar. There are a number of things for diabetes. Uh, one is called Sucontrel D. It's Hintonia is the herb, and it decreases glycosylated hemoglobin by about 1% over six months, which if uh, normal is about 5.4, over six is pre-diabetes, is diabetes, you go from 7 to 6, not diabetic anymore. Um, so that, the Sucontrel D, I recommend for everybody with diabetes, along with the multivitamin, um, and then berberine. It's cheap herb, and therefore we don't hear anything about it. Also, uh, 200 to 500 milligrams three times a day, remarkable for bringing down blood sugar uh, and cholesterol. Wow. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Dr. Teitelbaum. His new book, Diabetes is Optional, It's available on Amazon. Uh, so are all type 2 diabetics insulin resistant? Um, not all, but almost by definition they generally are. And, again, I want the fasting morning insulin to be under 10. Ignore the normal range. Okay. And and your hemoglobin A1C? Um, I like that to be under 6. By the time I'm seeing it up to 5.7, 5.8, these people are showing signs of being pre-diabetic, especially if you have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, spare tire around your abdomen. Um, 
these are signs that you're you're looking at going diabetic if you don't do something about it. Um, and the measures that help all oh, the high blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, diabetes, these are all the same illness in most people. They're the same condition. Yeah. Dr. Teitelbaum, have you come across any uh, uh, common denominators with dental infections like periodontal disease as being a factor? Well, Jerry, it's an interesting thing. We're seeing that more importantly in Alzheimer's where there are certain bacteria um, that my impression is that the body is triggering an immune reaction to something that's part of the bacteria. Um, and the way that we go after that with antibiotics doesn't work because these bacteria live in biofilms. So we're seeing a lot of immune changes from the bacteria. Um, there's a recent study in childhood diabetes, more than adult diabetes, where giving tuberculosis vaccine or BCG was very, very helpful because it shifted the immunity. I think we're going to find that a lot of the dental infections, um, and in fact, there's even a technique to desensitize to the dental plaque, uh, that has shown some success in Alzheimer's. I would not be surprised. We know that you know, the immune changes are uh, critical for childhood diabetes. I will not be surprised to see it be the case for adult diabetes. Thank you. Jerry, are you a dentist by any chance? Or yes, I am. And uh, I, we see a lot of infections uh, contributing to all kinds of uh, medical issues from cancer to uh, uh, you know, liver problems, uh, emphysema, you know, it just, you know, there's over 400 different bacteria in the mouth, and I don't have to tell you, they can travel through the lymphatic system to any part of the body. Can I offer a quick tip for you with the sure. work you're doing? Most of these bacteria live in biofilms, and there's some bacteria that are synergistic in creating those biofilms. So it would be important to add things like silver or even a bismuth uh, compound to break up the biofilms. Uh, using it topically while you're, uh, whether you're doing irrigation or instilling peroxide or whatever else. After you're done with that, consider putting in a mild solution of uh, silver or uh, even bismuth, although that might be irritating. I would just stick with the silver. Well, it's interesting you mentioned silver because in my reservoir of water that I use to, uh, you know, spray through the handpiece or flush from the syringe, I put colloidal silver in my reservoir just as a protective measure. You're already way ahead of 99.99% of doctors and physicians. Uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, you know, the other thing, Dr. Teitelbaum, that I find fascinating, uh, since we've had uh, uh, interviews with uh, Dr. William Wong, we've been using his systemic enzyme, which is a pharmaceutical-grade form of serapeptase, and mm -hmm. that's phenomenal for breaking down biofilms. Yes, and more in the blood vessels and things along those lines. Uh, serapeptidase, natokinase, lumbricinase, those three um, I will sometimes go with for biofilms. In gut, I'm going to go with bismuth. Uh, that's why peptobismol works. And then colloidal silver, these are all synergistic. But we hear such uh, disinformation about colloidal silver being harmful. I mean, I, I believe it's purposely uh, designed to throw out, throw the people off the track. Ron. Silver is dangerous. Don't you know that? The reason it's dangerous is they haven't paid the $400 million regulatory fee. And that's right. If you have that, you're going to have anarchy. You can't have that. Yeah, the, old dairy farmers, put, yeah, the old dairy farmers put a silver dollar in the bottom of the, of the milk can to prevent bacteria. You had silver 
silverware, bacteria couldn't grow in there, but it's dangerous. <laughs> it, it's dangerous because they don't pay the fees because they're not patentable, and it's impossible to pay the regulatory fees for anything that's not patentable and therefore highly expensive. Exactly. Dr. T, uh, we're having a lot of people, on, and that's why I'm in and out here talking, asking about this diabetes, and they want to know how, what, what, how, how do you get Hintonia? How does it work? And, and if you don't have diabetes, uh, I guess somebody here has read, read, uh, read your book. They asked about, well, it's supposed to help with weight loss. Can it be used for weight loss? It hasn't been studied for that. It slows down the digestion absorption of carbohydrates. Most things that do that do cause weight loss as well, but it hasn't been studied for that. Um, it also has a, a compound that increases the insulin sensitivity. So what you'll find is at three months, you'll get about a half percent drop. At six months of use, it drops it down about 1%. You can get it anywhere. You can get it on Amazon. We do have it on our website at vitality101.com. But Amazon health food stores, it's easy to find. And uh, the Sucontrol D, Berberine, also uh, Amazon or any health food store is going to have it. Yeah, and, and I have a type 1 diabetic that's asking about uh, for uh, if they're on insulin and they've been uh, diabetic since uh, their teens, uh, can it hurt them or should they give it a try? It's not going to hurt, but it's that, that it may increase their own sensitivity. Type 1 diabetes is lack of insulin production. That's where insulin is life-saving. It's not lack of insulin sensitivity. It may slow the breakdown, so it may help a little bit. Um, certainly reasonable to add that in. Um, but it's more for the adult diabetics. For the type 1 diabetics, what you're going to see is massive magnesium loss because their sugars go so high, and that aggravates the neuropathy and a host of the other problems. So as long as your kidney function is okay, um, make sure the multivitamin powder, the energy revitalization system, will have 200 milligrams of a highly absorbed magnesium. So I would start with that. Again, if one has kidney failure, then you, have, you can't use magnesium without a doctor's supervision. Yeah, Dr. T, have you come across any information regarding the use of MSM and vitamin C for type 2 diabetes? Um, not so much for those. Uh, these things can help with some of the pain patterns that you're going to see. Uh, and certainly you want to make sure that you're not vitamin C deficient, but usually 50, 60 milligrams a day or 500 milligrams in a smoker will take care of that. And I'm not convinced that higher doses will have that much of a higher effect. I will note that lipoic acid intravenously uh, by a holistic doctor is remarkable for diabetic neuropathy. I want to just throw you a little curveball here because we talk a lot about statin drugs and uh, statins have been associated with an increase in diabetes. And they've also been associated with a lot of muscle pain. So when we get talking about fibromyalgia, I want you to comment on that. What do you think about the uh, causes of diabetes? Maybe that instead of adding something, you can just take something away. Well, you know, the it's funny. You know, I was talking with Dr. Oz and his wife, Lisa, and uh, Dr. Oz said, what do you think about statins? And I said, well, you know, in my humble opinion, it's a $29 billion a year scam. And Lisa just looked at him and said, see, I told you. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's, um, I, For those with known heart disease, statins are lifesavers. For those that are simply treating a high cholesterol without known heart disease, um, let's put this in perspective for the listeners. Statins are associated with about a 2 to 5% decreased risk of heart attack death. If you torture the data with the Jupiter study and select you know, mixed things, you might sneak that up to 10. So let's see what else does heart disease lower risk. Um, 
Having a cap is associated with a 30% lower risk of heart disease. Eating a little square of chocolate each day is associated with a 45% lower risk of dying of heart attack. Statins, 2 to 5%. So I think I'm going to eat a little bit of chocolate every day. Bring on the chocolate. And, and, and uh, pet my cat, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how much chocolate? Just a little bit. That's not low calorie. Just a small square was all that was used in the study. Organic, of course, right? <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be dark. Oh, okay. be, in the study, it was all commerce. So go for the chocolate that tastes best to you. And then if you can find the dark chocolate that tastes the best, go with that. And better yet, Lily's has a nice sugar-free chocolate. Uh, Russell Stover does also. Uh, but that one has more of a laxative effect. Um, and, and, you know, to me, this whole concept in America, we look at um, everything that feels good is bad for you. And that's a Puritan concept. You know, basically, they were, Puritans were so annoying, they chased them out of Europe at gunpoint and said, go on the ocean and fall over the edge of the earth, we're going to kill you. And because they said everything that feels good is bad for you. Now, whether you're looking at it from an evolutionary perspective or from a benign, loving God, that's the most insane frigging thing I've ever heard of. You know, things that feel good generally are good for you. Now, the food processors fool our taste buds and stuff and make it toxic. But no, the, the things that we enjoy, coffee is a health food, tea is a health food, chocolate's a health food, salt is healthy for most people unless you have heart failure. I mean, give me a break. Come on. Why would things that feel good be bad for you? And how about a little cinnamon in your coffee or tea? That's supposed to help to regulate blood sugar, right? You'd have to put about two tablespoons. Um, so it's not quite, you know, but uh-huh. it tastes good. I have a cup of coffee here, and I have some cinnamon stevia in it. Um, but, no, the, the amounts you have to get are not really doable to really have a significant effect on blood sugar. Okay, so uh, junk foods. Uh, but, you know, we talk about these artificial sweeteners now. Uh, we uh, talk about them here on, on this podcast about how they can uh, confuse your body into storing fat and, and, and making your blood sugar go up. Uh, do you have any experience okay. with that? Well, here's the thing. The We're set up so our body knows when we're having food coming in so it can stimulate insulin release and the rest. And especially if it's a lot of carbohydrates, it'll stimulate it more. So the first role is if our taste buds get stimulated, you're going to see an insulin spike. But and that you're going to see from anything that has a sweet taste. And that I'm just willing to suck that up and, and take that on as a cost of enjoying my sweet tooth. Um, but when you have these things, like if you have a 48-ounce Big Burp soda with 36 spoons of sugar, or you're having a high sugar <laughs> and taking the rest, now you're constantly stimulating that, stimul- that Ill- insulin production going on for hours at high levels. So in terms of diabetes, I consider the non-sugar sweeteners to be much better with stevia being the best. Um, but again, it's not everything does have a certain pro and con to it. So um, the artificial sweeteners are no exception. I think that the uh, blue packet sweetener, um, my impression is somebody got paid off at the FDA or it never would have been improved. Uh, the pink packet has the best safety record. Um, and the yellow packet, the jury's still out. Well, the FDA is the best uh, government agency money can buy. We know that. Yes, they're good people. They really are in a system that's so horribly broken that it, I think it's causing way more harm than good. But the people are good people. I've never met anybody there who wasn't the love. Excellent. All right, so something else that's associated with diabetes, we have not mentioned it, and before we change the subject here a little bit, is, is uh, 
how diabetes ages your brain and, and how it's sometimes called, what, diabetes type 3. Could you talk, well, talk a little bit about that? Yeah. yeah. Well, what you have is basically <clears throat> the theory, and it still is, because they did the SNF study for inhaled insulin, for snorted insulin, and, you know, all, there are a lot of hopes on it, but that was a bust. So, but the concept is that the brain cells have insulin resistance, so they basically starve, and that's one of the triggers for Alzheimer's. I don't think Alzheimer's is a single, well, let me say dementia. Most people diagnosed with Alzheimer's don't have Alzheimer's. They have other causes of dementia that they find at autopsy. Um, But most neurologists don't know that because it doesn't sell Alzheimer's medications. Um, So... You have to look at dementia as not being homogeneous. There's a lot of different triggers. I think the dental plaque, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to run with a study. In fact, Jerry, maybe if you're interested in doing a study on that with me, I'd be tempted to explore that with you because that's an important area that I think could be really helpful, but that's for later. Um, and so I, I think that taking care of the insulin sensitivity is important for Alzheimer's as well. But I think it's a very different mechanism that's triggering the problem in that situation. And and before we leave diabetes, I mean, uh, again, just just from doing this podcast for these past five years, we you know we talk about the uh, BPAs, the PCBs, the mercury, the phthalates, the cadmium pesticides. Do you do you, do you believe in any kind of detox for type two diabetics to maybe get rid of some of these heavy metals and and and, and chemicals or I don't know just what. what we have 85,000 chemicals in the environment, and that's just the biochemistry. Now take a look at the uh, we, the biophysics. We have so many different frequencies going on. It's like giving a bazooka to a three-year-old. We have no idea, nor will anybody look at it, because there's too much big money involved to stand in the way of doing that. And um, But the thing is, I I would not, this, if I had to pick any time in human history up to now to live, it would be today, it would be now. Uh, to me, this is the best time in human history. But, you know, I challenge you to point to anything that I can't make an erratic about, and that's no way to live. That's, to- that's toxic, and that's what the media tends to do. Um, instead, you want to give your body what it needs to optimize its detoxification system. Again, the energy revitalization system has glutamine, glycine, cysteine, vitamin C, all these other nutrients that help the body detox, get plenty of water. And then if there's a higher index of suspicion in an individual, then you can consider things like chelation or DMPS or, you know, any of a host of other detoxification, a good detox, you know, sauna. Uh, there's all kinds of things of just common sense for detoxification. But that's something that it's not a one-size-fits-all. Yeah. Dr. T, have you noticed any relationship between the vaccinations and the type 2 diabetes? No. Okay. Nor, okay. nor fibromyalgia, because I've asked over a thousand people, uh, over three thousand at this point. Um, I'm just not seeing it. It's a minimal. It's a minimal percent. Now, that's not to say that we should be turning our children into pin cushions and giving them every vaccination that comes by, but there are pros and cons to them, and the way we're doing it is currently absurd. Uh, not doing it at all, I think, would be equally absurd. Uh, giving unit those vials that don't have mercury in them is just like basic common sense. Don't shoot mercury in our kids' blood vessels or bodies, you know. But so <clears throat> people have become very polarized on the issue. It's almost become like politics where you know, everybody's being taught to hate each other, which is also toxic. Um, and there's a middle path that, you know, where there's just common sense to be involved. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, we're speaking with Dr. Teitelbaum, and as you can see, he's a common-sense approach to uh, the problems, and I hope you're understanding it. Uh, And I've been following his uh, research for quite some time now, and he talks about comprehensive medical care, not complementary holistic. I I like when he talks about comprehensive medical care, and he talks about being in charge of your body. And how many times have we said on this program, you have to be the CEO of your body, and I think Dr. Uh, in fact, in his book, Diabetes is Optional, he does mention that you're in control. And uh, just as though you won't go into a doctor's office that has, as Dr. Jerry says, dead plants, you know, you want to turn around or one that's not <laughs> answering your questions, uh, you're in control. Please remember that. Uh, that's a, a really important point because I'm coming to find that there's very little that can't be effectively treated unless you're only listening to your doctor. Then you're in trouble. But your doctor is like a hammer in your healthcare toolkit, and they're taught that hammers are the only tool. All other tools are quacks. Anybody who says use a wrench or a plier or a screwdriver is a quack, you know, and they have power to do that because that's where the money is these days. Um, but if you use the entire healthcare toolkit, uh, we have a nice little app. It's called Cures. A to Z, so C-U-R-E-S, capital A-C. It's a free phone app. Uh, it was actually number nine in iPhone health and wellness for a while. Uh, there's a two-buck upgrade, well worth it. Uh, got <laughs> over a million downloads I should have charged for the damn thing. <laughs> but to go through conditions from acne disaster, we'll say here's how to use the best of natural and prescription therapies and how to get well. Um, I'm not against medications. I'm just against the insane way they're used in this country based on profit and not science or sanity. That's all. Well, well taken. Very well taken. Well, yeah, well, well taken. Well said. And uh, and I hope our listeners just just listen to that. Okay, common sense and get opinions. And you know you're in charge. That's you, know, you don't have to do everything. Even the, the Dr. Moss in cancer says, you know, you have time. You don't have to jump into everything right away. You can get another opinion or a third opinion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, right. Yep, now, how, how long is the show today? Do we have time to do fibro? Or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we have time to do fibro, and if you have time, I, the board is full of questions. I'm trying to uh, get them in between. I, I, the, love, I, love, I love taking questions, but let's do a quick end fibro. Let's do it. Tell people everything they need to know in five minutes to get well. Wow. Uh, our, if you are, have the combination of uh, persistent fatigue and inability to sleep, despite being exhausted, that's a paradox. You'd be sleeping all day and all night if you're exhausted. Can't sleep despite exhaustion, widespread pain, and maybe brain fog with it. You've got fibromyalgia. It's that simple. It's not complicated to diagnose. Uh, on our website at vitality101.com, that website is geared to people with fibromyalgia. There'll be a quiz that'll tell you if you have it. Take it one minute. Um, our research has shown that this is an energy crisis, that then you basically trip a circuit breaker or blow a fuse, uh, that controls sleep, so you can't sleep. It controls your entire hormone system, so those all go offline despite normal tests. Uh, it controls autonomic functions, so blood pressure, pulse. You tend to get what's called orthostatic intolerance. And when muscles don't have enough energy, they get locked in a shortened position. That's why after a workout, when they're energy depleted, the muscles don't go loose and limp. They go tight. And they get stuck in that. They hurt, and then they trigger brain pain and nerve pain. So that's what's going on, and your immune system goes down with it. So our research has shown if you optimize energy with the SHINE protocol, S-H-I-N-E, sleep, hormones, infections, uh, 
nutrition, exercise, and we'll also optimize uh, orthostatic intolerance, POTS, son of mates, blood pressure, basically. Um, low blood pressure is a problem. 91% of people improve with an average 90% increase in quality of life. This is a published double-blind placebo-controlled study. So these are very treatable diseases. The big problem, there's nothing really expensive in it except my time, and you don't need my time. You can do it on your own. Um, and so that's not patentable, so doctors don't hear about it. Um, but again, we've treated thousands of people. I do treat people from all over the world, uh, with fibromyalgia, uh, for those that are interested, uh, just go on vitality101.com or nfatigue.com. There'll be information. Um, and we have a Facebook page where I'm answering questions, uh, day in and day out on the Facebook page. So this is a very treatable illness. Um, and holistic doctors are much more likely to know how to treat it. And good. Shall we open the lines? <laughs> let, let me just ask a question because I, I have one that I just took. A person has Crohn's disease, and uh, and they're just they're being sent for MRIs and CT scans because the their their traditional physician thinks they have fibromyalgia. What do you say no, to that person? Well. It's not at but all. Do they need all these tests? Well, for Crohn's disease, I don't know that all those other things, but I'm going to defer that to the doctor. The doctor may feel there's an abscess or something. Main thing for Crohn's disease, I'm going to go after infections aggressively, candida, parasite infections, bacterial infections. I'm going to use a desensitization technique called NAET for the food allergies. We'll give some glutamine. There's an herb called uh, Boswellia, uh, and the only form I would use is called Bosmed. Uh, 500 milligrams, two, three times a day. Wonderful for colitis. Uh, it hits the LOX, uh, nipooxygenase pathways, which are critical there. Uh, you want to make sure you get enough zinc. The vitamin powder will give the zinc. That will decrease the risk of getting fistula formation. Uh, if you look it up in Cures A to C, you'll see everything I just rattled off. You look up Crohn's disease or inflammatory bowel disease. It's right there. All right. I'm and then you treat the secondary fibromyalgia. One guy. Uh, how about the uh, phone number ending in 6177? Anything for Dr. T? The which one? I'm, I'm asking some of the callers, Dr. T. Uh, okay. Call caller 6177. Any questions for Dr. T? And caller 5686. Um, mainly doctors want to put you on meds all the time for fibro. Mm -hmm. Do you disagree with that? No, I just would prefer to use natural remedies. We have two studies now that shows that a supplement called Shine Ribose, R-I-B-O-S-E, powder, uh, increases energy 61%, markedly decreases pain and helps sleep. Um, you want to optimize everything. So I will use a mix of natural and prescription therapies. This is not a magic bullet disease. You just got to tune up the energy production overall. Um, but I will use things for pain, hemp oil, and for hemp oil, I'm just going to use one by Terry naturally because otherwise a lot of products out there seem to spend all their money on the label and nothing on what's in the bottle. Um, and so hemp oil for pain, there's an herbal mix called Curamin, C-U-R-A-M-I-N, um, wonderful for pain. Another one is N-Pain, um, low-dose naltrexone. There are literally over 400 treatments that can be helpful that you need to tailor which person needs which of these. Um, but I will use a mix of natural and prescription therapies. As Dr. Ron had mentioned, what I call comprehensive medicine, use the whole healthcare toolkit, but use the medications wisely, which most doctors are not. Yeah, Dr. T, in my clinical experience, I have a, 
independent license for practicing natural medicine in addition to my DDS. And I find a lot of hypothyroidism in fibromyalgia. Have you find any similar findings? No, no. We only see it in about 80% of cases. <laughs> only 8 out of 10. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah, almost everybody's going to get treated for candida and a trial of thyroid hormone with fibromyalgia. I'm going to put them on, right. mul- on the multivitamin powder. I'm going to put them on the shiner ribose. Um, I'm going to make sure their sleep is optimized with a mix of natural and prescription therapies. And what's interesting, I find a lot of dental problems uh, basically get filtered down into the thyroid from root canals or toxic mm-hmm. as heck, uh, periodontal mm-hmm. disease, infections in the jawbone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And let me give you one other piece because in fibromyalgia, because of the widespread energy crisis, the muscles throughout the body are locked in a shortened position. And what you'll get, uh, most dentists don't realize this, is tight muscles uh, throughout the head refer pain. Trigger points in muscles refer pain to different teeth. But not just do they refer pain, they refer sensitivity to heat, cold, and touch. So what will happen is the muscle pain is causing the tooth to be tender. The dentist taps on it. The x-ray is fine, but it's tender when they tap, and they say, you need a root canal. And 15 root canals later, the person comes in to see me. And I say, you just basically wasted 15 root canals. You didn't need them. You just needed to treat the muscle to relax, and that would make the dental pain go away. Yeah, but Dr. Um, T, the, the Mercedes payments were made. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and right. there's so much that can be done. I mean, I can count on my, you know, digits for the over 3,000 people who are treated with fibromyalgia, how many we haven't get, been able to get pain free or at least good, really solid pain relief. Um, this is, it really is optional, like I said at the beginning of the show. We actually, because my new patient visits are three hours of my one-on-one time, because these are complex illnesses. You can't just write a prescription for Lyrica and say, have a nice day. Um, well, most doctors do, but that doesn't work. Um, and, you know, I realize there's over 50 million people worldwide with the disease in one of me. So about 20 years ago, I got a patent for, I have the patent for a computerized doctor in the United States. So I was the first one to do that. And I made it for people with uh, fibromyalgia so everybody could get treated. We charged 400 bucks for it. Um, but everybody's writing, I have no money, I'm devastated from the disease, and my wife and I just decided to make it free to everybody, that they could go on the Vitality 101 and hit step three and do the program. Uh, and it's a free quiz, it'll analyze symptoms and lab tests, and it will optimize energy production. Um, and that's the key to what you need to do to be healthy, is to optimize energy production in the disease. So it will put together a comprehensive treatment protocol for optimizing energy production, and it's available for everybody. It's, you know, yeah. my hobby is how to make effective treatment available for 50 million people. You know, without having drug company money behind me. Yeah, Dr. T, have you come across the relationship with fluoride because that messes up the electron transfer in the mitochondria, which will decrease and, energy production. Yeah, and it messes up iodine and, and thyroid as well. So right. the iodine, I'll use a tri-iodine, six and a quarter milligram. I don't usually go higher unless there's breast cancer. And uh, that will tend to flush the fluoride out of the body. Dr. T, on, on thyroid, uh, before I open up a couple more lines, um, how about reverse T3? What, what type of, of uh, thyroid uh, hormone uh, replacement do you like? Do you like the synthetic or the natural? 
Uh, we, we, could, just, we could do a one-hour show on just on that, but let me give the thing. Everybody's different. Uh, no one size fits all. Most people do better with Armor Thyroid or Nature Thyroid, which is a desiccated. Um, some people do better with Synthroid. They don't tolerate the active T3 hormone. Some people have thyroid receptor resistance, and especially if the reverse T3 is elevated or high normal and they don't respond to the others, um, then giving a high dose of the cytomel or uh, compounded T3. Uh, some do better with the immediate release cytomel. Some do better with the sustained release. Uh, everybody's different. So this is part of the tailoring process and tra- tailoring the treatment to the individual. Okay, so the question was from a listener that uh, they already have an underactive thyroid and their physician says, quote-unquote, their, their thyroid is normal. Uh, they yeah, probably should have another look. Tell them to kiss off. Tell the doctor to kiss off. You know, God bless them. They're a good doctor. They're just clueless. And you would not go um, to Jerry for heart bypass surgery, and you wouldn't go to the cardiologist, the heart surgeon, for a dental problem, you know, you go to the Depends right person. You're obviously you're not at the right person for the thyroid problem. Yeah. So find somebody who is, you know. Yep. How about uh, uh, 5825? Any questions for Dr. T? Okay, let's go down to uh, 9300. Let me open that up a second. Hold on, 9300. Your, your microphone is not open. Nine three zero zero. Anything for Doctor T? Nope. And how about uh, seven one nine nine? Anything for Doctor T? All right. So we have a few notes. The rest I I took offline. So Doctor T. So uh, most fibromyalgia then with proper uh, shine protocol and and caring physician, uh, most of these individuals can be helped. Absolutely. I mean, I had the disease in 1975. I got a nasty viral infection and knocked me out of medical school. Actually, left me homeless for a good part of the year because um, I was paying my own way through med school and I, I couldn't function. I was sleeping in parks. Um, but it's like the universe put a holistic homeless medical school sign on my park bench. And naturopaths came by, herbalists came by, uh, energy. All these seven people came by, and they taught me bits and pieces. And sometimes they even had a pizza, and I got to eat. You know. Um, <laughs> But that's how I learned myself how to get well, and I was able to recover, go back to medical school, got my medical honors, and did great. And um, and I spent the last forty some years researching, writing, and teaching about these illnesses because these are very, very treatable. Fibromyalgia truly is optional. That's funny, and I write that on Facebook, and I get these hate letters. Most people are going really more information from people. No, it doesn't die, die, die. I mean, it's crazy, you know. Jeez. Um, but it's like. You know, it's it's optional, but your doctor doesn't know how to treat it. Find somebody who does. Holistic doctors are much more likely to know how to do that. Um, but again, we treat people worldwide. I'm happy to help you recover. Or if you have a friend with fibromyalgia, send them to vitality101.com. You know, and I have a Q&A section on there where people can ask questions also. Um, we don't do whole case histories. But, you know, we answer like questions like we've had today. We I spend almost uh, probably. A, of my time answering that kind of stuff a good bit because people need to have some place they can go for answers. Um, but yeah, this is very treatable. Yeah, Dr. T, have you noticed any impact from the Wi-Fi and the EMFs on uh, the fibromyalgia? 
Now, here's the thing. Dr. Klinkhardt is doing work with retroviruses, and it's fascinating work. He has a whole protocol we're just starting to use for that. Um, retroviruses are viruses that put their DNA into our own DNA and it builds up, you know, about 5 10% of our DNA is made up of retroviral material that over the last God knows how long. Um, and the question is whether the EMF or ELF or microwave frequencies um, – will go ahead and activate those latent retroviruses. So that's a big question mark right now. Um, it's part of what I mentioned at the beginning of the show about the the radio frequency pollution. Um, and it's when you have frequencies that resonate with the frequency of that particle or, that, or the energy of that particle, um, that's when you start to get resonant frequencies and you start to shift things in the body. We don't even look for that, and anybody who tries to look for that will be closed down because mm. that threatens big industry. So, you know, I'm not going to go on a political rant right now, but anyway, uh, that's a big uh, area that needs to be looked at. Yeah, so when, with the coming 5G, uh, we can expect more. I wouldn't presume that. Um, you know, it depends on the frequencies of the thing, but... Now, eventually, we go from 2 to 3 to 4 to 5G, and when we finally go to 6G, it would be nice to have research to see what frequencies would be best and simply shift to that without it being a big wrenching thing for people or the industry. It's not hard. It just takes common sense. Well, Dr. And, Dr. Jerry does does a lot with this, so he's he's he's, he's ahead of the curve in, in uh, electromagnetic treatment also. I know Dr. Yeah. Barry Trower from the U.K. Uh, is a... Uh, very outspoken about the microwaves used in society and how detrimental they are. Um, Jerry, if you email me, my email address is fatigue, F-A-T-I-G-U-E, doc, D-O-C, at gmail.com. I'll send you a link to a thing, a, a, a lecture to practitioners by Dr. Klinkhart, where he discusses this and in the much bigger sphere of treating retroviruses, and I'll send you an information sheet on that as well if you'd like. What was that email again? I'm sorry. Fatigue, F-A-T-I-T-U-E, doc, D-O-C. Yes. So fatigue doctor, fatigue doc at right. gmail.com. Okay, thank you. I guess I guess I'm invisible over here. It's okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're the good-looking guy in the corner while the drunk are talking over the bar. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be quiet now. Go ahead, Jer. <laughs> no, basically, um, people with uh, hypothyroidism f- uh, are much more sensitive to the EMFs we find, uh, and. Uh, you know, once we get the thyroid working, of course, the adrenals are all uh, in, intertwined with that. It's amazing. Their allergies disappear. Their sense of well-being, uh, you know, heart problems improve. And it's just uh, it's under underreported, undertreated because, you know, the blood test says normal. Like you said, it's a lot of nonsense. And, uh, I, you know, good old Broda Barnes with his 20 years of research had phenomenal, uh, you know, diagnostic techniques and results so well it's a whole it's as big an area as biochemistry that we put blinders on and it's crazy that we do that it's not hard to fix you just set the frequencies so it doesn't interfere with the body's regulatory systems but they won't do it because they're afraid it's going to you know cost businesses money 
Well, well thank Dr. You. I, Dr. T, I see you want to live to 100. Uh, if you know Dr. Russell Jaffe, he says he's going to make it to 125. 120, you know, in Judaism, that's a lifespan, you know, as 120 years old. But my goal is to die very young. But no, just, die happy, to do it, die happy. <laughs> but, uh, but to die very young, but very late in life. <laughs> <laughs> I like Jack Benny's line. He said, if I can't take it with me, I don't want to go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, aging is optional. Exactly. Well, I think, uh, you know, we have a great, you, you really just boiled it down. I mean, uh, I guess one question because of, of my background uh, in medicine, is there any disease that pops into your mind that just like when uh, uh, Alzheimer's can be caused like for, by Lyme disease and, and Chris Christopherson, any disease that doctors miss in fibromyalgia that maybe it is not fibromyalgia, is there anything that pops in your mind? Well, here's the thing. The fibromyalgia is often triggered from other illnesses. So, for example, polymyalgia rheumatica can trigger fibromyalgia. But it also, you know, it blew my mind. I still remember early in practice, I had this 80-year-old woman who flew from Atlanta up to Maryland to see me. And, you know, I did the, uh, my usual three-hour thing, but I looked at her blood tests in the first 30 seconds. Her sed rate was 80. You know, and I said, you don't have fibromyalgia, you've got polymyalgia rheumatica, you may have a secondary fibro, but she didn't fit the pattern. The doctor never bothered to even second rate in this one for polymyalgia rheumatica. So part of what I do is not just to treat the fibromyalgia and look for the causes, but to look for other contributing factors that may be going on. But that you have lupus doesn't mean you don't have fibromyalgia. It's very one-third of people with lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, other autoimmune diseases will get a secondary fibromyalgia, and then they both have to be treated. Well, you know, it's very interesting. You mentioned uh, lupus. I uh, had a patient uh, several years ago that basically was given a drug, Bendictin, during pregnancy. And when I energetically tested her, the drug was trapped in her liver. And when mm-hmm. I used the homeopathic to neutralize it, nine months later, we got rid of the lupus. It was pretty wild. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. The immune system... Well, that that would be a good topic for a whole other show. But our subconscious directs the immune system also. It's, you know, it's um, for example, I, if you go into hypnotic state right after you burn yourself and you say no injury to the area from that state, I won't blister. All the skin may turn white and fall off because it's dead. But that blister is immune reaction to perceived threat. You know, when you get the burn. And so much autoimmune disease is directed by feeling that we're in a hostile environment, not to mention all the chemicals and all the other things that throw everything off. Um, there's a lot that can be done for autoimmune diseases uh, that are just common sense, but that doctors don't even think about. It's, you know, if, uh, if you have it, we'll give you a $24,000 a year uh, biological modifier, but we won't give you doxycycline, which in studies at the NIH are shown to be highly effective for rheumatoid arthritis, uh, because God, that's ten cents a pill. Who's going to teach me about that, or who's going to all this other stuff? Um, you know, the doctors have a hammer, and they'll hammer in the morning, they'll hammer in the evening, they'll hammer you all over your head. Um, but use the whole toolkit of all these other things, and almost. I'm right now, the one illness that's timing me is ALS, amyotrophic That's a tough one. But most other illnesses are falling by the wayside and becoming treatable 
but if you know anything for ALS that you found really, that, that's the one, you know, CRPS fall away, uh, reflex sympathetic dystrophy, that's now treatable. That was one that was diming me for a couple decades, and now it's ALS. So there's very little that can't be effectively treated if you use a whole healthcare toolkit. Yeah, and Dr. T. It's really powerful if it's done right. You know? Oh, I agree with you. I just had a patient refer to me with ALS, and he basically had a lot of heavy metals uh, mm -hmm. in the brain, in the cervical area, along with the pesticide. I'm finding almost across the board glyphosate uh, in patients with chronic problems, and uh, mm. it's really mind-blowing. And I used uh, Yoshiaki Amura's direct residence testing, which makes uh, muscle testing so much more powerful and accurate, where we can pinpoint the exact substance in the area causing the problem. Yeah, I'm still needing to be convinced that the technology that's used, because when I play with the electrodes on these, I get, I get even putting them within the manufacturing specified things, I get totally different results. So I still like muscle testing in the hands of a good practitioner. We actually, um, our foundation funded a study using NAET, which uses muscle testing and kind of a tapping technique uh, for autism. 23 of the 30 autistic kids are back in the regular school after one year as opposed to zero in the untreated control yeah. group. So this is very powerful. It's the area of biophysics, uh, equally as powerful, I think at least as much so as biochemistry and ignored at our peril. Well, there's no code for uh, muscle testing, so you can't get paid for it. <laughs> yeah, and that's why people, you know, that's a whole other topic, too, about, you know, our healthcare system and insurance system. But the bottom line is if your transmission broke in your car or your heating system at your home, you're not going to wait for the insurance company to fix it. That's because they sure. won't. And they're not going to say, down, I'm not going to drive and shiver there in the cold. You're going to pay and get the damn thing fixed. But we've gotten so in this thing of, well, if the insurance company should pay for it, well, they're not going to. What do, what do, you, what do you do then? You know, and um, our healthcare system is a dinosaur headed towards a cliff. It won't change into how to put insurance, she'll say. You can count on politicians to do the right thing when they have absolutely no other choice. And <laughs> as our healthcare system heads over the cliff, that's what's happening. Um, and that's why I'm hesitant to tie it to national health care. I think that works overseas, but not in this country because our government's bought off. Um, well, we have you know, to you, fix that first. It's not even working there because my son-in-law is the uh, president of the uh, Spanish Diabetes Association. Uh, he's an endocrinologist. He was trained at Penn, and, but he's in Seville and Malaga right now and Barcelona. Mm -hmm. But a lot of his colleagues now are, are not taking patients from the national health system uh, because it's just, just not working. Yeah. They're, they're having their own private clinics now. Yeah, and there's space for both. I think that the National Health Service is brilliant for clear-cut things like heart attacks or stuff like that, but for complex illnesses that you actually have to spend time and listen to the person, no. Yeah. And, uh, and, or for illnesses that don't have a big financial uh driven, supported by pharmaceutical, you know, lobby behind them. No, you're screwed. Sorry. Yeah. Well, as we tell our listeners, the first thing we do is go to the end and look at the conflicts of interest before we, and then we, then we'll really uh, look at the numbers and see how they uh, mix uh, absolute risk with relative risk in order to get the, the predetermined result they want. And it's, it's just awful. 
Yeah, well, that's funny. Most problems are easy to solve. I, you know, my friends in IT used to give us four hours in a hot tub with a bottle of tequila, and we can solve most of the world's problems. But <laughs> it's getting past the moneyed interests. And our foundation is actually doing a program, uh, which we call the One Minute Fix for the American government, where each citizen will have a $100 credit that they can give to the candidates of their choice. So you have to be, say, Amazon manage it. You go on and go on Amazon and go, hi, Ron, you've got $85 left. For 2019, what candidate do you want it to go to? Uh, you'd say put in the name of the candidates and whatever, and you say 20 bucks, it'll go straight from the Treasury to the candidate. And this way, there'll be a $20 billion pool of small money um, available to counterbalance the $4 billion a year from large money and industry. When that happens, that to be a simple thing. And that's something that the media will get behind because they'll get the money, and the politicians will get behind because they'll get the money. And then the politicians actually have a chance to work for us. Right now we put our politicians in an environment where they have no chance to get elected if they don't get corrupted, and we blame them? No. This is our job to fix, and it's as simple as that one-minute fix. Yeah, Dr. T, I like Robin Williams' solution, just like NASCAR all the politicians should have jackets with their sponsors' name <laughs> on it. <laughs> I think that would be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dr. T. Well, well, gentlemen. <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much. You've been here an hour. I know we, we took a lot of your time, but I know our audience is really appreciating it, and uh, we'll put this on our Facebook page and refer them to uh, Vitality 101 uh, so they can uh, – and then the other one is Enfatigue. E-N-D-F-A-T-I-G-U-E.com. And anybody interested in an appointment for I treat the fibromyalgia, the diabetes is all in the book. The fibromyalgia, uh, you can contact me at fatigue, doc, D-O-C, so F-A-T-I-G-U-E-D-O-C at gmail.com. And the book is Diabetes is Optional. It's on Amazon. Uh, it's on a Amazon. great read, easy to read, and a lot of information. Thank you, Dr. T. I appreciate it, and we hope to have you back at some time uh, in the near future. Happy to do a Sean Payne or any other topic, gentlemen. You have a great day. You Thank too. you. Thank Bye-bye, you everybody. So much. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, that was very interesting. Uh, I hope you learned something. Uh, if you have any questions, you know, we have our uh, email at docronradio at gmail.com, docronradio at gmail.com, Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored on Facebook, and Instagram under Dr. Ron, so we can uh, get back to you. And uh, I hope you all enjoy Dr. Uh, Teitelbaum. It's uh, interesting, uh, really uh Really honored for him to take his time to be here today. He's, uh, as you say, he's been on the Dr. Oz show. He's been on CNN, and you can see how his how his career is uh, is going now. And he's been on Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, but <laughs> it's going up. Come on, think positive. <laughs> well, this was this this was an extra show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and we did this because we we knew this is the only time we could get Dr. Dr. Teitelbaum, and uh, we 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 knew his information would be great for you. So, Dr. Jerry, uh, thank you. You're welcome, and I learned a lot. Um, I think he's basically a self-made physician, uh, you know, judging from his background. And they're the best kinds because they're the guys that get out there and flip the rocks to find the answers, and not just look in the textbooks. 
Yeah, and he's not afraid to say it. And he said he was he was living in the streets. I mean, right. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, he 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 was there. He lived the life. He walked the walk. Yeah, and he built up a lot of good immunity living on the park bench. <laughs> exactly. So uh, this has been a great, great program. I, I learned a lot too, and I forgot about doxycycline and rheumatoid arthritis. To be honest with you, but that that's an older treatment. But you know, it is too cheap maybe to be effective, huh? Most likely. All right. Well, let's get uh, Freddie Cooper here and Doctor in the house. And ladies and gentlemen, Doctor Jerry and Doctor Ron are going to sign out. Doctor Ron unfiltered, uncensored. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, we have a, a program Tuesday at seven p.m. Doctor Sim. Uh, we talk about movement disorders, which will include Parkinson's, Tourette syndrome, and I guess the Doctor Jerry, it'll be a relationship to uh, the the dental mechanism. Is that correct? Absolutely. So look, looking forward, ladies and gentlemen, Tuesday at 7, uh, we'll send out an email blast, and uh, we'll also be on our Facebook page, Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored. So with an attitude of gratitude, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule, and I uh, hope everyone has a great weekend, and we'll see you Tuesday on the radio. Have a great night, everybody. And Dr. Ron, just, yes. just remember, it's better to walk alone than with the crowd going in the wrong direction. <laughs> if you're if you're going down the street and everybody's coming at you, you're going in the wrong direction too. So. <laughs> All right, Jerry. Thank okay, you. Take care. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening and to send your questions, their comments to docronradio at gmail.com. And uh, we just had a great time today. Hope you learned a lot.